section thirty two of pantrophion this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox dot org recording by linda marie nielsen vancouver b c pantrophion by alexis soyer variety of repasts the fertile country inhabited by the jewish people furnished them with a great variety of excellent provisions those of which they made the greatest consumption and which we find generally mentioned in the scriptures are bread flour barley beans lentils wine raisins figs honey butter oil sheep oxen fatted calves etc the fat of animals offered in sacrifice was reserved for the lord but with this exception the hebrews could freely make use of it they esteemed it much and when they wished to speak of a rich banquet they called it a banquet of fat animals he that loveth wine and oil says solomon shall not be rich the extreme simplicity of the greater part of the biblical repasts ought not to induce us to suppose that the jews were entire strangers to the inspirations of good cheer solomon's provisions for one day were thirty measures of fine flour and threescore measures of meal ten fat oxen and twenty oxen out of the pastures and a hundred sheep besides hearts roebucks and fallow deer and fatted fowl that primitive nation also knew different kinds of banquets which conformly with their naive manners were associated with the celebration of a religious solemnity a sad or a joyful event a family festivity or mourning a victory or a public calamity the greeks and romans skilful masters in the art of good living were early on the alert to assure the collection of all things necessary for the support of life take care said aurelian to flavius take care above all things that the markets of rome be well supplied nothing more gay or more peaceful than the people when they are well fed this remark is much more profound than it at first appears at athens special officers visited the markets and only permitted each citizen to purchase and keep his own house the quantity of provisions necessary for one year the ediles of rome performed nearly similar functions the prefect of the town was invested with the power of making regulations for the markets and the prefect of provisions had the inspection of the sale of bread meat wine fish and all other kinds of ailment required either for the table of the rich or poor plebeian during a long time in greece and italy the only charm of repast was 
that they furnished an opportunity for the exercise of those duties of kind hospitality which apollodorus has described in the following ingenious style as soon as a friend says he steps on the threshold of his host the porter receives him with a smiling face the dog of the house comes immediately to caress him amiably wagging his tail then someone runs and presents him a seat without being told this last trait is charming but afterwards they thought much more of honouring the god of good cheer than jupiter hops and joyous comus became everywhere the fashionable divinity one of the ancients describes him in the following manner he is seen at the door of an apartment communicating with the banqueting hall his smiling face is fresh plump and ruddy his head is crowned with roses and he sleeps standing his left hand rests on a thyrus but sleep makes him lose his hold he staggers and the torch will soon fall from his grasp the greeks were feverent in their worship of this god an epoch when rome still prided herself on her transcendent sobriety canon gave a banquet to all the athenians after the battle of synodos about four centuries before the christian era and his celebrated contemporary the handsome alcibiades conqueror in the olympic games magnificently regaled the numerous spectators who had just applauded his triumph the pagan temples themselves often rung with the sound of the music the chants and the dances which always accompanied the religious banquets these feasts in honour of the immortals must have been rather unedifying to the truly faithful for gaiety generally degenerated into extreme licentiousness the conquest of asia was fatal to the romans their savage rudeness yielded to the effeminate manners of the vanquished and henceforth the epicureans of italy studied but one thing gastronomic delectation had but one worship that of the goddess ventura protectress of food and sovereign of the table luxury made appalling progress nearly a century b c the romans did not blush to give fifty denarii one pound sixteen shillings for a young fatted peacock three denarii at least more than two shillings for a thrush and a century later four thousand sesterces thirty-six pounds were given for a couple of fine young pigeons worse followed senka describes in a few words the luxury of the table among the voluptuous romans behold says he nomatus and apicius these happy conquerors of all that is delectable on earth or in the sea behold them at table stretched on their couches and contemplating innumerable viands harmonious songs flatter their ears 
a variety of pleasing objects occupy their eyes and the most exquisite savours captivate their insatiable palates the genius of gluttony multiplied the banquets by prescribing luxurious gastronomic assemblages sometimes in honour of the gods and often for the gratification of simple mortals themselves each year at the ides of november a repast was offered to jupiter in the capital kenia capolina the statue of god was present at the banquet reclining on a magnificent couch with juno and minerva seated on either side these divinities were splendidly served and as they touched nothing in the middle of the night the seven epluri priests joyously eat the supper of the three immortals the cereal banquet cana cerealis was equally splendid and ceres maintained the same frugality a sterile reminiscence of the equality which reigned among men in the golden age placed the slaves at table by the side of their masters during the celebration of the saturnella cana saturnilis this usage was common to the greeks and romans the ninth day of the august calendus and the thirteenth day of the november calendus a gastronomic solemnity a monstrous gala brought together the roman pontiffs to celebrate the day of their inauguration cana pontificalis this banquet was worthy of the proverbial delicacy of those sacred stomachs the augurs treated themselves magnificently in their turn cana augurilis when they entered on their functions the pagan priests of rome vied one with another in a noble emulation of exquisite refinement and ruinous viands but it is said that the ministers of mars who had the reputation of being arch epicureans cana salarius always won the palm in this struggle of magnificence and voluptuousness the day the emperor took the title of augustus he gave a supper carna imperatoria to the senators and magistrates the tribute of a year were sometimes hardly sufficient to indemnify the grand master of these imperial orgies the triumphal banquets carna triumphalis were less elegant no doubt but they cost the victor who invited the people immense sums the guests crowded into the vast enclosure of the temple of jupiter capitolinus or the temple of hercules they sat down to table to celebrate the anniversary of a birthday cana natalia the happy wedding day cana nuptialis the arrival of a friend cana adventalia the sad day of his departure cana vatica the melancholy ceremony of interment was followed by a supper cana funeribus at which the guests were the relations and friends of the deceased they drank to his manes and by decrees 
the wine was not only stifled their laments but called forth joyous smiles the romans have bequeathed to certain modern nations more than the remembrance of their funeral repasts in the palmy days of athens the greeks evinced more of the epicurean than the glutton a fact which may be inferred by the description of the supper of Dinaeus. the most magnificent of their repasts was perhaps that which alexander the greek had served to ten thousand guests who received each one a present of a golden patera in greece as in rome the greater part of the events of life occasioned the joyous meeting of relations and friends at the birth of a child a banquet was given in his honor he was named on the tenth day and the ceremony terminated with a banquet in which they offered the guests cooked cherso cheese cabbage boiled in oil pigeons thrushes fish and brimming cups of excellent wine the teething repast took place when the child had attained his seventh month and the weaning supper when he began to eat these family feasts more or less sumptuous according to the fortune and rank of the individuals who gave them were generally signalized by a custom which ridiculous and egotistical vanity could alone authorize and maintain on the banquet day care was taken to throw the feathers of the poultry before the door of the house in order to excite the fruitless greed of the poor wretches who as they passed prayed heartily that the infernal divinities might take the proud amphitryon his guests and even the meanest of his servants in france about thirteen fifty the setier about twelve english bushels of wheat was worth zero wheat was worth seven pennies rye three pennies beans five pennies peas six pennies a hogshead of wine four shillings seven pennies a load of hay one shilling ten pennies an ox six shillings ten pennies a horse eleven shillings six pennies a calf one shilling two pennies a sheep four pennies a fat pig two shillings a gosling one penny a hen three quarters of a penny one hundred eggs one and a half pennies one pound of butter three and a half pennies one pound of honey ten and a half pennies one pound of wax one shilling ten pennies prices of a few articles in france during the fifteenth century one pound of bread a quarter penny one pint of wine one quarter penny a pint of mustard three quarters of a penny a bushel of salt two and a half pennies one pound of pepper two pennies one pound of cinnamon one shilling two pennies one pound of bacon three-quarters of a penny a pair of pigeons 
one and a quarter pennies a pair of partridges two and a half pennies a cartload of wood un foy eight pennies a sack of charcoal one penny one pound of candles one half penny in england under the reign of edward the third a royal proclamation fixed the price of the following articles a swan four pennies a port cell eight pennies an ewe six pennies a capon six pennies a hen four pennies a pullet two and a half pennies a pusselin two pennies a cooney four pennies a teal two pennies a river ballad five pennies a snipe one penny a woodcock three pennies a partridge five pennies a plover three pennies a pheasant one shilling four pennies twelve eggs one penny twelve small birds one penny the funeral repast of sir john redstone mayor of london who died in fifteen thirty one occasioned the following expenses sheep breed seven shillings five pennies seven pounds of sugar for the same four shillings one penny two ounces of saffron two shillings two ounces of cloves and mace one shilling eight pennies seven ounces of pepper ten and a half pennies sixty eggs seven and a half pennies seven dishes of butter at four and a half pennies the gallon three shillings three and a quarter pennies manchet breed one shilling four hundred of peers two shillings four pennies one pound of biscuits eight pennies to the pike monger sixteen pikes at one shilling four pennies apiece one pound one shilling and four pennies eight rounds of sturgeon one pound two shillings to the poulter six rounds of brawn eleven shillings eight pennies ten swans at six shillings apiece three pounds two dozen of quails ten shillings three dozen of rabbits six shillings six pennies twenty-two capons twelve shillings ten pennies nine dozen of pygons at ten pennies per dozen seven shillings six pennies four geese two shillings eight pennies three hundred eggs three shillings nine pennies to the boucher a sirloin of beef two shillings four pennies half a veal calf two shillings eight pennies four merry bones eight pennies to the milk wife two gallons and six dishes of butter four shillings two pennies eight gallons of cream four shillings twelve gallons of curdle one shilling six pennies to the brewer 
three barrels of ale eleven shillings a kilderkin of beer one shilling four double beer to the table four pennies yeast four pennies to the vinter thirty-two gallons of red and claret wine at ten pennies per gallon one pound six shillings eight pennies three gallons of macaray four pennies a rundlet of muscadine six shillings one pound of bread one quarter of a penny the grocer six ounces of pepper nine pennies four ounces of cloves and mace two shillings four pennies two ounces of saffron one shilling ten pennies eighteen pounds of prunes three shillings eight pounds of corns one shilling eight pennies six pounds of dates two shillings eleven pounds of biscuits ten pennies twelve pounds of sugar seven shillings five ounces of cinnamon one shilling three pennies four ounces of ginger six pennies the baker four bushels of chet at one shilling ten pennies the bushel seven shillings four pennies for hot bread four shillings for fine flour ten pennies for bastard flour one shilling ten pennies the chandelier a pack and a half of salt six pennies for candles four pennies for vinegar four pennies for verges six pennies for pack thread and mustard two pennies for cappies capers two pennies for lop of pots eight pennies for hired of pots four pennies the cook for his labor and company for eighteen messes of meat fifteen shillings for yerbies eight pennies a quarter of a hundred of fagots one shilling two pennies for coals one shilling six pennies paid the turners of brioches and scaldons for them one shilling four pennies the following is a correct copy of a monster bill of fare from a paper found in the tower of london three hundred quarters of wheat three hundred turns of ale one hundred and four turns of wine one pipe of spiced wine ten fat oxen six wild bulls three hundred pigs one hundred one thousand and four weathers three hundred hogs three thousand calves three hundred capons one hundred peacocks two hundred cranes two hundred kids two thousand chickens four thousand pigeons four thousand rabbits four thousand ducks two hundred and four bitterns four hundred hernseys two hundred peasants five hundred partridges five thousand woodcocks four hundred plovers one hundred curlews one hundred quails one thousand agates two hundred rees 
four thousand bucks does and roebucks one hundred and fifty-five hot venison pasties four thousand cold venison pasties one thousand dishes of jellies two thousand hot custards four thousand cold custards four hundred tarts three hundred pikes three hundred breams eight seals and four porpoises at the feast the earl of warwick was steward the earl of bedford treasurer the lord of hastings controller with many noble officers servitors one thousand cooks sixty-two kitcheners and scullions five hundred and fifteen in france fourteenth and fifteenth centuries the repasts were commonly divided into five parts called courses or dishes the first course was composed of cherries tender fruits citrons and salads milk porridge puddings and potages followed it was the second course the third consisted of roast with various sauces the second roast or fourth course presented the guests with venison and game the fifth course took the name of fruit course at this they served tarts made with all sorts of herbs flowers grains vegetables and fruit end of section thirty two recording by linda marie nielsen vancouver b c